0: This is 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. And now, with their always informative and often entertaining take on the sports news of the day, here are Jonathan Ragus and Jim Williams.
1: Good afternoon everyone and welcome to another episode of 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. I am host, Jonathan Ragus, alongside time as always, Jim Williams. What's going on, man?
0: Well, welcome to Friday. Welcome to everything that's going on in the world of sports. Great to be with you as always, my main man, Jonathan a uh, And John, you're playing a little under the weather here. I am. You are uh, you are vomitocious.
1: But I'm a team player.
0: Yes, there is no I in your. Well, actually, no, there is no I in your name. So, unless your middle name is there, an I in your name. I don't middle know, but a lot name? of
1: people spell it Jonathan. So,
0: well, yeah, because well. They do because they're they're simpletons. That's why, they're 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 fools. They're crumb bumps. That's, that's who <laughs> does that. But uh, no, uh, we've got a jam-packed Friday show. We've got baseball to recap. We've got football to preview, and we've got a story about a good guy doing good things in the community. Uh. Not
1: really. Not really. Yeah.
0: He's throwing professional sports organizations, charities, friends under the bus. And he has a special award that we're going to give him a little bit later on. But before we even get to all of that, we can do this by ourselves. But we don't choose to. We want you to interact with us. Reach out and touch us, if you know what I mean, kids. And if you're an attractive female, you can touch us however you want. Three ways to get involved. John's like, why did I even bring this kid onto the show at any point?
1: If he uh, doesn't hear what you just said, then we're good.
0: Okay, that's good. Blogtalkradio.com. You, you go to the 24-7 Sports Hub uh, show page. There's a chat room. If you log in, boom, chat it up with us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, sign in on BTR. Use Facebook to sign in, what have you. And uh, you can respond in the chat. We'll take some uh, choice words from the chat, and we'll mention them on the air and answer your questions or comments about anything we're going with. Or if you just have something to opine about, that's fine. You can also reach out and touch us on the ringling tingling, as it were, the sports line. 347-237-5373. Area code 347-237-5373. Or that little button that has an S and a little oblong blue thingy. It's Skype. You can click to Skype. And we're off to the races there. Are you laughing at me? Yes, I am. Okay, uh, as long as you're laughing at me, not with me, that's Please okay.
1: Please press the little button.
0: <laughs> press the button. Press the little button, little Johnny. wants you to press the button? Uh, little Johnny, press the button. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how it all went down for Plucky Duck. He pressed the button, and a later go boom, <laughs> and it later go down the hole.
1: Radio show go down the hole.
0: Indeed. Tiny Tune Adventures. Only I can relate that to the show. But well,
1: let's get let's get
0: back on track. Let's talk some football because we had some Thursday night football uh, between the Seahawks and the Cardinals to go over.
1: You know, I can't say I watched much of this game because I didn't. I watched it up into halftime, and, you you know, that's when uh, the kicker kicked the field goal to give the Seattle Seahawks the 17-10 win. And I turned it off and I said, Seahawks are winning this. They already have the lead. And then I wake up to see 34-22, you know, for the Seahawks. Russell Wilson, finally with uh, – a decent game from the quarterback position and not the rushing one. So, three touchdowns for Russell Wilson of 18 of 29, 235 yards. Uh, we had touchdowns to Sidney Rice, to Zach Miller, and to Kellen Davis. Uh, they looked good. The, the you know the person that really didn't look that great, again, was Carlson Palmer. And, uh, once again, the rushing uh, aspect of the uh, Cardinals game was just, in my mind, absolutely dreadful once again. Mm-hmm. Um, Seahawks rolled in this one. We both picked the Seahawks. I, to me, I, you know, Arizona's done on the season. I don't think they're going to do much more after this. So.
0: Yeah, it's questionable, especially when they have no running game, like you mentioned, and it doesn't help Carson Palmer's cause. I mean, when you hit the turf seven times over the course of a game, sack seven times, it's tough to bounce back from that kind of stuff. It really, really is. And the other key thing, Larry Fitzgerald was a non-factor. Two grabs, 17 yards. And in the lead-up to this game, I was watching NFL AM for obvious reasons, as you well know. Um, and uh, one of the reporters said, Larry Fitzgerald's more hurt than he leads on to believe. And I Absolutely. think that's that's proof positive, his performance in Thursday <laughs> night's game. He is not 100% well, who among us is. But he's he's banged up and you know, he, he may be doing more of a detriment to himself by being out there on the field at this point. As dumb as that sounds, as weird as that sounds.
1: I agree. But look at this team from a whole, offensive and defensive. No Larry Fitzgerald, there's no Arizona Cardinals.
0: Right. Especially when you have no and running game. And well, he exactly. It. He's the franchise, but you know, you've got Malcolm Floyd who's capable. He's a number three in most he, uh
1: Capable, but look, last night, ten targets, six receptions, seventy-one yards, two right. no touchdowns. I mean, he's capable against mediocre teams, but he's not capable against good defenses like you have in Seattle. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a good second wide receiver against medi, you know mediocre teams. Against great teams, amount you know that you know that kind of you know Michael Floyd is just a you know a third slot receiver in my mind.
0: I, I also, agree with you. I'd like to
1: have him on the Jets. There's no question about it, but. You need a Larry Fitzgerald, and there's no question about it.
0: Mm-hmm. No question. No question whatsoever. And uh, Bruce Arians, I, I, you know, he deserves a head coaching gig, absolutely, after what he did uh, filling in for Chuck Pagano in Indianapolis last year. But all I can say to myself is, does he really know what he got himself into going down to the desert? And I'm not sure that he does to this moment. I mean, he coached, a coach can only coach you up so far.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Listen, you know what? This is a team, you know, any Arizona Cardinals, they need a franchise quarterback. They've had problems getting a decent quarterback uh, since Kurt Warner retired. They need rushing. I I, I honestly don't remember the last time Arizona had decent rushing, to be honest. Uh, Looking back...
0: Uh, Don't say Emmitt Smith. That doesn't count.
1: No, no, I'm not even going to talk about Emmitt Smith. Uh,
0: I know he's your main man and all, but yeah.
1: Honestly, I I can't even remember... uh, who they had? Well,
0: exactly. The they, they they've never been known as a running team. They've always yeah, but you know,
1: you, yeah, but you still have to have
0: you have to have a running game <laughs> to at least keep everything honest.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, you know what, Otis Anderson. I mean, that's honestly the only one I could possibly think of, and that was in the '80s for the Cardinals. So other than yeah. that,
0: yeah, and he, that was uh It wasn't even the team he was most closely associated with, so.
1: No, um, you know, just looking at it now, you had uh, Otis Anderson, who had uh, just one yard shy of 8,000 yards uh, for the Cardinals. Stump Mitchell comes in second, 4,649 yards. Uh, Jim Otis, 3,863 yards. So, I mean, that's a big drop from 8,000 to the number three guy who's only a little over 3,800. So mm-hmm.
0: Not everything is great in Arizona right now. No, they need to the go At
1: least. They need to go out they need to get themselves a good quarterback. and I'm not saying Carlson Palmer's doing a terrible job for him because he's not uh you know fortunately with the interceptions that's where he's he's doing bad, but he's throwing for touchdowns he's he's throwing for quality on the field and yardage when you got. Things really moving, but Carlson Palmer can't do it by himself either, and I, I don't blame Carson Palmer for uh, last night's game. Definitely.
0: Maybe if he had an offensive line that could block worth a darn. That exactly. would help
1: a little. Exactly, exactly. Just so,
0: saying. Just throwing it out there.
1: So the Arizona Cardinals are now 3-4 in a season, and the Seattle Seahawks are now 6-1.
0: Keep on keeping on. That's what they're doing.
1: So let's, let's pick Sunday's games as well as Monday night football, Jim.
0: Oh boy, here we go. We got a big
1: jump right into it. Let's go. All right. Now, this was a game that I could see as a win for my hometown, New York Jets, 3-3 and on the season, taking on the 5-1 and New England Patriots.
0: I bet you could.
1: But now we get the news that Rob Gronkowski has been cleared to play. Doesn't mean he will play. I think he will. But he has been cleared to play. So that's a big, big difference there. Jim, where are you going with this one?
0: Mm-mm-mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that they come from behind win uh, last week against New Orleans has re-energized this team, this mostly young team, when it comes to their weapons on offense. If Ridley has anything close to what he had last week, I think it's a given New England wins this football game. I'm going to go with the Patriots.
1: You know what? I don't I don't necessarily think Ridley's going to do what he did last week against the uh, you know, the Jets defense, especially the front guys like uh, right. and Muhammad Wilkerson and Big Snacks. It's not going to happen. But worried about that secondary. Uh, we know Cromartie's going to play. We know he's still uh, lingering with a leg issue there and he's really their big guy in the backfield there. i mm. I'm going to pick New England, um, but this is a game where I hope I'm wrong. So, There we go. All right. Now we got the 0-5 Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading into Atlanta to take on the 1-4 Falcons, which I'm very, very shocked about, but they're falling apart down there in Atlanta. Where are you going with this one, Jim?
0: Ooh, this is tough. This is very tough because this is a pick em game to me because everything's a mess in Atlanta. Uh, weapons are falling left and right. No Julio Jones to speak of and so on and so forth. Roddy White. Roddy
1: White. Or Roddy White, it looks like.
0: I'm going to hesitantly... Go with Atlanta, but I can easily see Tampa Bay win this game.
1: I'm actually going to go with Tampa Bay in this game. Uh, All right. No Julio Jones. That's a big mess uh, for Atlanta right there. The running game is just in shambles. Mm -hmm. No Roddy White really hurts.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: he's playing, he's not playing Roddy White-style football. Yeah. Tony Uh, Gonzalez
0: is the leading wide receiver on this team now. Exactly,
1: and you can't depend on Tony Gonzalez all day because guess what? With no Roddy White, with no uh, Julio Jones – what are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to do? They might move Revis over into the slot to cover Tony Gonzalez this game. So see what that, happens? That being said, Tampa Revis
0: I, that being said, Rebus Island isn't exactly what it once was. I mean, Deshaun it's, Jackson exploited him twice last week.
1: It's not at all, but if they can have their best defender on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers cover the only good receiver on the Atlanta team, it's going to be an interesting battle, but I'm going to go with Tampa Bay in this one. I think this is where uh, Mike and Get it's over a it pick
0: 'em game, like I say. It's a pick 'em game. In fact, uh, let me check to officially confirm it's a pick 'em game. I'm gonna get the lines. Go ahead to the next game. I'll recap and uh, get uh, back.
1: we got Atlanta by nine.
0: Atlanta by nine. Wow. Put it this way: if if we were going against the spread, I would pick. I would agree with you against the spread. I would pick. Uh, Tampa Bay, but straight up, I think Atlanta wins it in a squeaker. Yeah, I, I,
1: I would not be shocked if, uh, if Atlanta won this game, but I think this might be the first and possibly only one for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this season. Okay. Um, Cincinnati Bengals, 4-2, heading into Detroit to take on the 4-2 Lions. Where are you going with this?
0: This is tough. This is the toughest game, I think, in the entire schedule to call. Yeah. Because the same record and the same question marks with both teams in some respects, which running game will be a little bit more efficient? Will the law firm continue to show he can get 80 or 90 yards or on the ground? Will Reggie Bush do his thing? And, of course, there's the Calvin Johnson aspect. He is limited in practice. He may or may not play in this game. <laughs> I'm going to assume he doesn't. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think Reggie Bush has a breakout game for Detroit. I'm going with Detroit hesitantly in a pick'em game.
1: I'm actually going with Detroit as well. To me, it goes to you know with, with the fact where what are you going to get from Dalton this game? Are you going to get from you know Dalton what we saw last week? or Are you going to get from what we saw Dalton in week five and week four uh, where he didn't throw any touchdown passes? Also, Ben Jarvis Green is looking a lot better, but are you going to get what we saw last week with his eighty-six yards or in week four with his only thirteen yards? I still think even. Without Calvin Johnson, I think that they could really rely on Reggie Bush on the rushing game here, plus a couple of their other targets from Matt Stafford. He's having a really good season. I'm going to go with Detroit as well. Okay. All right, the 2-4 Buffalo Bills taking on the 3-2 Miami Dolphins in Miami. Miami has the line by 9.
0: That jives with me. I'm going to go with Miami. I think they have – they're more in sync right now, a little bit more in sync, and, of course, the Buffalo Bills go through quarterbacks like we go through of blooms or Haynes or BBDS. If you want to go back in the day, Miami will take you this one rather easily. I think.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Miami as well. Dep- you know, if they had a healthy EJ Manuel, they had a healthy CJ Spiller who's questionable. Uh, I would probably go with Miami this game because Do- you know, excuse me, with Buffalo in this game because Miami, ha- Miami hasn't looked good in the last two games. They mm-hmm. haven't. Uh, but with that said, I think Miami's still the better team right now, especially with uh, Thaddeus Lewis taking the helm over there in Buffalo. So. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. All right, here's a, a game you're going to be watching, Jim, and that is the 3-3 and Dallas Cowboys in Philadelphia taking on your 3-3 and Eagles.
0: Why don't you go first, because this is my game, as it were.
1: <sighs> you know what? I'm going to pick Dallas this game. Hmm. Um, to me, this is a pick'em as well. It it really depends on what the Philadelphia Eagles get from Nick Foles this game. Are are they going to get what we saw the last two games from Nick Foles? If we do, I think the Eagles could win this game big time, but it's still Nick Foles. And I am a fan of his, but like I said, it's still Nick Foles. Uh, To me, that's kind of a question mark right now going up a better team than what he's faced over the last couple of weeks. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with uh, Dallas on this one.
0: Nick Foles is not going to have anywhere near the kind of game I think that he had against Tampa Bay, but in this instance he will not need to. The key to this game and I've said it a million times, you know where I'm going to you know what I'm going to say. Yeah. Give LaShawn McCoy 25 carries and let him do the rest of the work. Nothing. And they've been giving the ball to Shady the last couple of weeks more and they're playing cleaner football. Yeah, okay, McCoy had a fumble uh last week. But the last two weeks, no interceptions for this team. No. So they're playing cleaner football, which is vital. The secondary is going to be suspect, and Tony Romo, by the same token, will be suspect as well. It will not be pretty. It will be ugly. Um, the, the over-under is 55. I would take the under, by the way, if you're scoring at home, kids. Yeah. But I'm going to pick Philadelphia in a uh, in a game that could come down to a field goal with Alex Henry as field goal kicker. I may be regretting saying that, but I think it's a close game. if <laughs> Philadelphia squeaks it by.
1: Yeah, it's definitely going to be a squeaker. There's no question. It's it's going to be a good game. So
0: it's the game it. of the week.
1: Yeah. yeah, depending on if the Cowboys win or the Eagles win, I don't see either team winning by a, at, you know a couple of touchdowns. I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. All right, the four and two Chicago Bears taking on the one and four. Washington Warriors. No, it's the Redskins.
0: The Washington professional football team.
1: <laughs> Where are you going with this one?
0: I am not going with the Washington professional football team. I'm going with the team that actually has a, a not – oh, wait,
1: Bears. Ooh, they're endangered. No-brainer? Going,
0: it's a no-brainer to me. Yeah. I mean, too many weapons, too little time, Chicago,
1: route. Yeah, same here as well. I'm going with Chicago. Not even going to mm. explain why it's going to be a route. Look it up. Look it up. The 3-3 three and three, St. Louis Rams taking on Cam Newton and the 2-3 and three Carolina Panthers down in Carolina. Carolina with the line by 7.
0: That's, that's ridiculous. That, that line is freaking ridiculous. That
1: is not only the home line, that's the week 6 line of what Cam Newton did against Minnesota.
0: St. Louis is going to win this one on the road. I'm going St. Louis full board. I think they're going to win by 2 possessions. I think they're going to win by 10 or more. Because Cam Newton, I mean, what we saw in Minnesota was an anomaly. I think I truly believe that Thanks. this is a Minnesota team that was kind of down on their luck after everything that came out with Adrian Peterson. They were, you know, not fully ensconced in the task at hand. And <coughs> what can you say? The man took advantage of it, and good for him. That's what you do. No, absolutely. But Cam Newton has been so Jekyll and Hyde. His performance, put it to you this way, last weekend, we haven't seen anything like that from Cam Newton since his rookie year. Who is to say he's going to pull that kind of trick out of his bag again? I don't think he will. I think St. Louis wins by 10 or more.
1: Yeah, I think St. Louis is going to win this game as well. But if Cam Newton plays like he did last week... He won't. He won't. But I, if he does, and we don't know that for 100% sure... Oh, I know it. I think Carolina can win this game. If Cam Newton plays the way...
0: Well of course he could. of course they could win the game if he yeah. plays that way. That's, That's obvious, obviously.
1: yes. Um but St. Louis takes this game. Okay. All right, uh San Diego charges three and three going down to Florida to take on the 0 six Jacksonville Jaguars. Ched Henney getting the start, San Diego with the line by nine.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Here's the thing, okay, and I mentioned this on the BS Big Show when we recorded the podcast Thursday night. It's not load for, uploaded yet for consumption, so I can change my, I can, I can be, you know, a hypocrite if I want to, but I'm an honest man. Of course. After what we saw from Jacksonville against Detroit, uh, Detroit, against Denver last weekend, I actually went on record and said the Jaguars will win a game this season. They will not go over the season because they played with some heart. You cannot deny that. And there's going to be a game at some point, which is a you know they're going to be you know a, a team comes in and is going to overlook the Jaguars. That's human nature. Mm-hmm. I would I will say this on record. I'm picking San Diego, but I would not be surprised at all. I would not <laughs> be surprised at all if Jacksonville beats San Diego. Wouldn't surprise me in the least. But I'm picking San Diego.
1: I was I was thinking the same thing, and I was going to go with Jacksonville with the upset, but. A lot of things need to happen here for Jacksonville be to win this storm. game.
0: It's got to be a perfect storm.
1: Yeah, you need to have Chad Henney have a, 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 a near flawless game. MJD has to play like he played last week. You've got to get a lot. Oh, no,
0: more like two, three years ago. Let's kid let's kid ourselves.
1: No, listen, if MJD could get the 20 carries and get 70-plus yards and another touchdown, that could only help this team as long as Henney could have. A good game, and he's able to connect with Cecil Shorts and Justin Blackman a lot and get a couple of touchdowns there. At that same point, Ryan Matthews needs to be terrible, like he has been all season, except for last week where he ran for 102 yards against Indianapolis, which who the hell saw that coming? And Phillip Rivers, who's been playing really, really good football this season, needs to have a really off game.
0: His arm needs to fall off pretty much. Exactly. That
1: being said, I got San Diego.
0: And, And let me just say, Keenan Allen... What a what a where did he come from? You know yep. what I mean? He, he's doing some good things. He's becoming a a nice wideout for uh, for San Diego. And of course, I mentioned that because I picked him up in the fantasy league, and he helped me win a game last week. Yay! <laughs> well, let's
1: get to the next game. The four and two San Francisco Forty ers going down to Tennessee to take on the three and three Titans. To me, this is a no-brainer, Jim. Where are you going? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> San Francisco uh, it is, huh?
0: San Francisco <laughs> trolley car, as the uh Wiggles would sing. Yes. San Francisco wins this one. Huh, once you once you start Fitzy, you're on the Fritzy. Um so San Francisco easily.
1: Yeah, I think uh Kaepernick uh, has himself a real good game here, especially Frank Gore. I think he's gonna run around Tennessee. So
0: Indeed, I agree.
1: San Francisco is well for me. All right, the 3-3 three and three Cleveland Browns heading to Lambeau to take on the 3-2 and two Green Bay Packers.
0: My name is Cleveland. No, I'll stop it. And the Packers are favored by 10. Yes. And the Packers will win this game despite only having, like, two wide receivers. Because they're two wide receivers. I, I, it's going to be a closer game again than people think because Cleveland, they've got Cameron, and I forget the other guy they have. It's, not, It's all a blur. It's Friday. Josh uh, Gordon. Thank you, Josh Gordon. But, again... It's Aaron Rodgers versus Brandon Bleeping Weedon. And any day of the week, it's Aaron Rodgers. And, and, and Eddie Lacy is running the ball very, very well Very good weeks. the last two weeks, yeah. Green Bay's got a running back for the first time in decades. So Green Bay wins this one.
1: Yeah, Adon, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, Jordan Cameron, tight end playing good football. Jordy Nelson is just hot right now. Give me Jordy Nelson. Give me Aaron Rodgers. Even give me Eddie Lacy over Willis McGahey.
0: Green Bay yeah. takes
1: this. And I think they take this by uh, two possessions. Okay. All right. The two and four Houston Texans taking on Andy Reid and the undefeated Kansas City Chiefs.
0: Uh, we're favored by seven to go seven to zero, <clears throat> and we're going to do that <clears throat> time yours. But but the one aspect of this game that people are going to look at as the whammy angle. Remember who is starting for Houston in this game, the hometown product, Case Keenum. That intent. That can be intangible.
1: We've seen a lot of times where uh, these guys come out of nowhere, and they are just the answer. I mean, look at Tom Brady when Drew Blitzo went down against the Jets that one game. Tom Brady comes in there. He goes, oh, good, man. The Patriots, uh, they're done. They're not going to play any more good football. And Tom Brady, who was drafted in like the 700th round, round,
0: blew up. We look back to this season. Brian Hoyer in Cleveland saved that team.
1: Oh, no question about it.
0: So, you know, are we going to see that again from Case Keenum? I mean, he's got the wide receivers to throw to. He's, he's got the receiving core. Can he make an immediate impact against a very good Kansas City defense? No.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't think so.
0: Thank you very much. Okay.
1: So, go hey, and
0: man. Well, Yeah.
1: All right, 3-3, three three, Baltimore Ravens uh, coming to Pennsylvania to take on the 1-4 Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: And if I'm reading this correctly, it's a pick'em game.
1: I don't think it should be, but it is.
0: I don't think it is either. Baltimore wins an ugly game, and the over-under total is 41, and honestly, that may be too high. Um, I think you're going to see a field goal battle in, uh, at the catch-up bottle, and Baltimore squeaks one out.
1: Yeah, Baltimore as well for me. All right. Um, 6-0 and Denver Broncos taking on Peyton Manning's former team, and now Andrew Luck's team, the 4-2 Indianapolis Colts.
0: Emotions will be riding high. It's going to be a good TV. game. It's going to be a good game, but, and I'll tell you this. The Colts are going to lose not by anything Andrew Luck does, but by Jim Ursay opening his big, fat mouth.
1: Fueling the fire.
0: You don't, and I don't care what, what sports people say, oh, well, you know, they don't pay attention to this, uh, you know, poster board material. Yes, they do.
1: Oh, absolutely. They absolutely do. And as an owner of a team, he's damn stupid if he doesn't even know that.
0: Yeah, Denver's going to win. This. I was on the fence until Ursay said that bet, and I'm like, you just given Peyton Payton all the ammunition he needs to go out and have a 500-yard passing performance against you. Denver oh. wins easily.
1: Denver is going to win this game, and uh, listen, there ain't going to be a, a, a person in the crowd that's going to boo Peyton Manning, even when he throws a touchdown. Mm-hmm. They're not going to boo him. If he throws for 500 yards and four touchdowns, he's going to get a stand-to-no at the end of the game. There mm-hmm. is absolutely no question about it. This is a home game
0: for Peyton it Manning. It's the ninth home game of the season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is Peyton Manning's home game, and... Indianapolis Colts fans are going to see what Peyton Manning could have done for them if Jim Ursay and the past general managers of the Indianapolis Colts actually went out and got Peyton Manning some weapons that they could utilize. Broncos win this game, and I kind of think the Broncos are going to win this game by two possessions. So Mm -hmm. I feel bad for Andrew Luck at the Colts, but it's going to be uh, Peyton Manning's game.
0: There you go.
1: All right, man, let's get into Monday Night Football. And uh, I guess they were looking at this game to be uh, one of the most exciting games for the Monday Night Football platform when they made the schedule, but it is the one in Minnesota Vikings in Jersey taking on the 0-6 New York Giants.
0: And the Giants are favorites. Isn't that scary? Home, That's- Essentially, it's a home field advantage. Josh Freeman will be starting for the Vikings. Um, Adrian Peterson, with an extra week to to get everything together, will probably have a better game, I would surmise, than what he did before uh, last week. That being said, and this is more a whammy play than anything else, because with so much talent there in in East Rutherford, in, in blue, in East Rutherford, the Law of Averages says they've got to get a win. And if they're going to get a win, they're going to get one Monday night. I'm going with the quasi-upset, even though it isn't really. The Giants get off the schneid.
1: All right. I'm actually going with Minnesota. Okay. I honestly think Peterson is going to have a good game. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see what Josh Freeman can do with more than one capable wide receiver. I'd take Greg Jennings over Vincent Jackson any day. Of sure. course, you got Jerome Simpson, you got Quarterrell Patterson, you got even Kyle Rudolph sure. that he's going to be throwing to. I think Josh Freeman's going to say, you know what, now is the time for me to have the game of my life to show people they were wrong about me. Right. Freeman joins a better team, even though, you know, they both are pretty awful this year.
0: It's a lateral move to me right now, but, but there's more, there, more quote-unquote talent that surrounds
1: him. Easily. Absolutely. Better offensive line. Uh, you're going to see the Giants fall to 0-7 on Monday Night Football. That's uh, that's my guess.
0: It wouldn't break my heart, I'll put it to you that way. Well, actually. I know it
1: wouldn't break your heart. It wouldn't break a lot of people's hearts, but. but... But I just... I
0: I think Friedman just needs to learn the system and, and take a week or two. It's not going to be an overnight thing. No. Uh, that, that's that's my logic in picking the Giants. And plus, again, they have horrifically underachieved. Eli Manning is not as bad as he's shown us. And no. you know this as well. as Absolutely
1: I do. not. Absolutely so, not. But you know what? It, it's taken him a long time to bounce back, and uh,
0: and they they did start to yeah. bounce back a little bit towards the you know middle stages of last week's game.
1: Yeah, a so, little bit, a little bit, not much. But that's the thing. He's forcing that ball more than I've ever seen him force. And well, uh, again,
0: and I made the analogy a number yeah. of times on this show. It's like Drew Brees last year without Sean Payton. So same yeah. thing.
1: Well, we'll see what happens. The real losers of this game, the fans. Nope, the MetLife grounds crew for having to switch the game from the Jets game on Sunday to the Giants game Monday night.
0: No, see... The, Lots uh, of paint. Well, well, actually, they yeah, they don't paint it. They just take little bits of sod and just tuck them in there, in the end zone, do they not?
1: I don't know. They used to do the paint. I'm not sure what they're doing at MetLife now since the new stadium. So.
0: I, I could have sworn. I've seen they actually have, like, the sods, Man, like, like squirted. I remember they
1: did just before. I actually saw them do the paint uh, about nine years ago so I'm not sure what they're doing now since it was you know turned into MetLife so
0: wonder if they misspelled Giants oh that's wrong that's not right
1: (laughs) Gantz you the Ron Gantz are playing
0: the Ron Gantz well I was thinking but never mind what I was thinking Uh, but I'll tell you this you were
1: thinking but I'm trying to be friendly here
0: I know family friendly friggin' Joe I get that well, I'm surprised they haven't gone the route that the Cardinals have with you can roll a field on and roll a field out for very. Sure,
1: long You know what, I'm sure they are probably doing. It, but either way, I mean, you know, just, uh, you know, less than, uh, you know, just about 24 hours to uh, get it done, so.
0: Yeah, exactly, so it all I, makes sense. So. so those are our picks. We differ on two of them, as I recall. And, uh, 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 let's see. I do believe so. The Giants-Minnesota game, and we also differed on the Tampa Bay-Atlanta, Bay exactly. So so we each pick a team to get off the schneid, watch neither of them do so.
1: Eh, well, one of us is going to be okay. So,
0: Well, there you go. Well, I think, well, I, I think we're going to handle this well. It'll be fun. Uh, we're at the halfway point of the show here, literally. Uh, half past 12 as we do this live. Jim Williams, John Ragus, 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. We have an announcement to make. We do. I'm alive. No, no, we want to talk to the folks. Hi, folks, how are you? First of all, call in 347-237-5373. Click to Skype, the chat room. You wanted to make mention of a guest coming up in about a week and a
1: half. Absolutely. Joining us on October 30th, which is a Friday, at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, um, you may know him as Douglas Dorsey from The Cutting Edge or the legendary shoeless Joe Jackson from the movie Eight Men Out. We know him as actor D.B. Sweeney. Yes, D.B. Sweeney will be joining us to talk about The Cutting Edge and Eight Men Out as well as his newest movie that comes out the day after he is on our show, Underdogs, which is uh, a football movie. He takes over a uh, pretty bad football team in the state of Ohio and, uh, you know, leads them to glory. So it, it looks like a real good movie, Jim. We both saw the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, really looking forward to, talk, to having D.B. Sweeney on with us and talking to him about the uh, new movie, as well as, of course, The Cutting Edge. As I'm sure that's where everybody mostly knows him from, sure. and Eight Men Out, which is a uh, great, great legendary baseball movie as well. So it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Absolutely. We hope you listen in for that uh, coming up in a week and a half or so here on this very uh, channel on blogtalkradio.com. Correct. So give a listen. Lend an ear. Tell a friend.
1: Listen! It's going to be fun. Indeed. We have an award, though, don't we?
0: Oh, you'd like me to hand out that award right now? I'd
1: like to hand out today's award.
0: Okay, well... Uh, You call it the dumbass of the day, but I think we need to one-up it here a little bit, because we're talking about a good guy doing good things in the community, providing that absolutely awesome effort. Uh, Don (laughs) Tollison, longtime sportscaster here in Philadelphia, going back to the 70s, for God's sakes, used to be a Channel 6 in Philly, used to be a Channel 29, the ABC and Fox stations respectively here in Philadelphia. Well, He, for the better part of the last uh, 20 years, let's say, has had a a number of charities, most namely one called Winning Ways, uh, to help the underprivileged children. Because the children are our future, as you know. It's all about the chillens. So to to raise money for any charity, you have to think outside the box. I get that. You get that. Everybody gets that. So what he did, Mr. Tileson, most recently is he put out a bit of paraphernalia, a bit of – a flyer to various businesses with the official Philadelphia Eagles logo used unofficially that says and I quote Eagles Road trips, Packers dot 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 Broncos dot 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 Raiders, Cowboys dot 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 Buccaneers dot 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 Vikings. For t- He <laughs> for loves cats He
1: dot. loves cats, by the way.
0: Yes, he, he loves cats except for his email addresses.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: for two people, three days, two nights, with air, hotel, and game tickets, value $1,800 to $2,100, buy now $750 each trip, two exclamation points. And then they give his uh, email address and the charity of choice, which was employyoungadults.com. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, here's the deal. The money that people have bought these packages on – They haven't gone on the road for one second. Mm
1: -hmm. Nope.
0: Tollison has pocketed the money pretty much for himself, for lack of better terms. He has stiffed these charities that he's allegedly raising money for. He has affiliated himself. He tried to make it come off as if this was something in conjunction and affiliation with the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that he was a broadcaster for a couple of seasons ago, hmm. and as well and, as
1: Wounded Warriors
0: and Wounded Warrior. He yeah. uses he used the term Wounded Warrior. In fact, let me find the quote here. Uh, in uh, the, there are a couple of articles on this. Oh yeah. Um, the Employee Young Adults website. Here's a here's a uh, the quote from uh, the uh, what he describes the charity as. Employ Young Adults is focused on getting disadvantaged children into positive career paths with the in school curriculum, after school programs, and unique career strategies. Cherish all children. Help us honor the children of One Child Saved in Winning Ways, which are two other organizations that he sort of has used as doppelgangers of each other. Mm-hmm. Your donation will help so much with our respect with our respect camps, whatever that is, scholarship programs and our partnership with the United States military. In particular, we are working with great wounded warriors like the awesome Tim Donnelly from Southerton, Pennsylvania. Uh, and again, they they use the term wounded warriors, but it's not officially with the Wounded Warrior Project. So then we find out a little bit more. And you go back to January. Here's a guy by the name of Anthony Taramina. He works at an East Norton bowling alley. I believe it's the Whittaker, Facenda Whittaker Whitaker Lane so. mm in East Orton. Now, he says he bought six ticket packages for Eagles away games at $4,500 for Tollefson's Wounded Warrior fundraiser. Figuring the money's going to go to the charity, you go to the game, da-da-da-da-da. The man never received his tickets. Another person bought tickets at the same event, thinking it was a great opportunity, helping people in Afghanistan. The tickets never showed up. And even after she sent an angry email to Tali, claiming he did not delay in charging $4,500 to her credit card. Uh, the woman cites the money was charged to a different charity, quote, Winning Ways Education instead of Wounded Warriors. So Unbelievable. that's bad enough. Unbelievable. You take a look at this charity. It's not registered as a nonprofit in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. No. And they check all over this. <clears throat> Excuse me. There is a database at GuideStar.org of some 990 nonprofit organizations. There's no winning ways. There's uh, no uh, what is it? Employ uh, or uh, uh, employ young adults? adults. Yeah. Uh, none of that. None of that's there. So whoop de tinkle And he's also stiffed other charities. And people have sent in PayPal uh, uh, account, uh, you know, uh, screen grabs and what have you of all this stuff that just hit the fan, literally. Uh, you know, it, it it's just mind numbing. Well,
1: so, you know what? What I got to kick out of is, you know, somebody was doing a donation to, let's say, Wounded Warriors, right? And it was coming up under on their credit card statements as employee young adults. So they were doing one child saved, and it was coming up under another name. So it's like he couldn't even keep track of his own scheme. So.
0: Well, exactly. I mean, it's just, you know, changing names for the sake of changing names, for lack of better terms, uh, which, is, which is mind-numbing in and of itself. So people have been getting in contact with him, trying to get money, and now we find out uh, in the last 24 hours that, well, Tali has checked himself into an inpatient care facility just as the lawsuit proverbial poop is hitting the deck. His uh, attorneys and spokespeople are not saying if drugs are to blame. The people in Warminster, Pennsylvania, the police department, is confirming they are investigating dozens of complaints against Don Tollison. So uh, here's a statement Tolley released to his former employer, Action News, last night. Quote, in recent months, the the programs I've conducted for disadvantaged children have encountered financial challenges. Ended point, no shit. As a result, sorry, I had to say it as a result, we have needed to cancel trips and other prize packages, and for that, I greatly apologize to our generous donors who have taken such a great interest in these wonderful children in the coming months. We hope to fulfill our obligations, resume our programs and make things right for our donors. I am currently receiving treatment at an inpatient facility after I am discharged. I will fully address all of the above issues. I am truly sorry for any inconvenience and anxiety caused by these circumstances. Please respect my family 's privacy. While I resolve these issues, okay, Tali, as you are in Impatient, you will, uh, you know, we, we will, we will give you your privacy in that regard. But as soon as you come out from Impatient, we have an award for you. It's the douchebag of the year.
1: Douchebag. Douchebag of the year.
0: Even the singer wanted to botch that. That's that's how bad it is.
1: Hey, that's, that's... still a damn good song.
0: Absolutely Congratulations, awesome <laughs> effort. Ah oh,
1: man, unbelievable.
0: Oh well, I believe it. Come on, this and the sad thing is, this sort of thing happens. It happens oh, all the
1: time, man. Which is why you know what you think uh, something would happen where somebody would step in and say, you know what, all donations to charities need to come through us as we investigate these other supposed charities before we, re- we release the funds to them. You know what I mean? So.
0: You would, you would think that would happen, but, you know, come damn on. Damn
1: shame. Damn shame.
0: Very much so. Very much so.
1: All right, 20 minutes left in the show. Let's get into a little bit of Major League Baseball.
0: Major League Baseball? What is this baseball you speak I don't know.
1: There's like a playoff thing going on. Playoffs? Playoff? Uh, playoff. The Houston team and, and the Hopper playing the Tigers. <laughs> oh,
0: shit. Yeah, because Larry's not in the chat. You're going to say the Hopper because you just want to just throw him under the bus. It's happened. There, I feel better now, don't you? So, all right, let's uh, let's get to in Major League Baseball the League Championship Series, both of which could be decided within the next twenty four to thirty six hours, uh, because we are in a situation where both uh, where a team has a three games to lead heading into a Game Six, and we'll tell you about those right about now. Let's start in the American League because I believe we had two games since last we talked to you. Uh, game four, the Tigers beat the Red Sox seven to three. Doug Fister, uh, Love Fist Fury, if you will, uh, great game for him. Uh, you know, getting the job done. Oh, and Detroit put up a big crooked number early on in the second inning, a five-run second inning. Um, you know, and they made some adjustments in the lineup. Torrey Hunter and Miguel Cabrera they batted first and second. Austin Jackson moved down in the lineup to eighth, and it worked out as the Tigers beat the Red Sox seven to three to at that point even the series at two games apiece. So the the, crud- the, huh? the crucial Game 5 was held last night, and Boston, they went out early and, and took a 4-0 lead to give John Lester plenty of ammunition. Mike Daffley homered for the second time in, in three games. Big three-run second inning. He doubled. He scored into the deciding run on a wild pitch against Donnybel Sanchez, and Detroit made it interesting. The bullpen for Detroit or rather for Boston, kept Detroit honest and into this game, but they held things at bay when it counted most. Boston victorious 4-3. They take a three-games-to-two series lead. Travel day today, Saturday, Fenway Park at the Hoppa, 4.30 or 7.30, depending on things, for game six. And I'm going to tell you right now, there is no way in hell Boston loses two in a row at Fenway. It's not going to happen.
1: Not going to happen. Mm -mm. No way. Although, although they face Max Scherzer, I don't know.
0: They're they're only going to lose one. They may they may we may go to a game seven, and for my own podcast recording purposes, I hope we don't. But see, it all comes back to me. But I, I really think uh, it, it's over. It's over for Detroit. It makes key, for an
1: interesting Game 7, though, uh, with Lackey taking on Verlander. That's for sure.
0: It's going to be interesting, but I can't see them winning two in a row at Fenway. I just can't see that happening.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and the, the, the biggest thing about Detroit right now, the pitching's been solid. The offense is a little bit more suspect, and especially a certain Prince. Prince Fielder has no showed in this series.
1: Well, that's, that's not too shocking, to be honest.
0: It's not too shocking, but if he's going to be one of event. your one of your pinnacle players and he's going to be paid what he's being paid, he has got to show up. There's no two ways around it. He's got to show up.
1: Well, you know, he's got that Milwaukee Brewers attitude, so
0: which means he'll do nothing in the postseason. Thank you very much. Because they've
1: never been there. So <laughs>
0: well, this is this is true. Game five, Wednesday night, in the National League Championship Series, the Dodgers. Beat up on the St. Louis Cardinals. They uh, they took a six to two lead into the ninth inning. Cardinals got two back to make it interesting, and actually had the tying run on first with two outs, but no bones. Adrian Gonzalez, a pair of home runs in uh, in the contest, and the Dodgers force a game six back in St. Louis, uh, winning six to four. So, let's uh, let's uh, take a look at uh, starters for each of these games. Let me go back to the American League for a second. Uh you mentioned it a moment ago when it came to probables. The Tigers are going to send out Max Scherzer opposed by Clay Buckholz. Uh, uh a mixed bag in his fourth career playoff start, uh, his first of this postseason uh, series and what have you. So they could get to him in force at game 7, it's possible. Um in the national league situation in St. Louis and that game is tonight at eight thirty on Fox, the probable's going here. You gotta go with the big gun, I guess. Clayton Kershaw going for the Dodgers. He's opposed by Michael Waka 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 Waka.
1: Who's pitching phenomenal?
0: He has been unbelievable phenomenal. He talks about young guns who have stepped their game up. Absolutely! What a what a what a postseason for Michael Walker! What a season for Michael Walker! I wouldn't. Cho-
1: I I honestly wouldn't be shocked if he pitches another gem tonight.
0: I wouldn't be either. I will say this: the t- I I give the Dodgers a slightly better chance to win two on the road, but I don't see either team. You know, I don't see either road team in the final two games pulling it off. Yeah. I but think we're I think we're destined to Cardinals Boston. I really think we are. What I'm I'd sure. like
1: to say is. Yeah, who would have thought that Carlos Beltran would make up for the loss of Albert Pujols in more than one way. I yeah. mean, you know, Beltran is like an ageless wonder. He is. He he's he's found the
0: fountain of youth, which means we'll see if he gets suspended next season. I was there, I'm
1: sorry. I to... uh, you know what, man, uh, you know what? I don't think it's a guy like Carlos Beltran to be honest. I don't know. Okay. You know
0: I, I, I hope you're well, right. Once again,
1: like I said, it, it could be anybody. It could be Beltran. It could be Trout. It could be David Wright. Who the
0: hell knows? Exactly.
1: But certain guys you can look at and say, I, you know what? I don't think it could be that kind of guy.
0: Don't hate all of Boyd Trout, my boy Trout. Because name.
1: when you look at the other guys that have done it, you can see them doing it. So That's true. You know.
0: The one thing with the Dodgers that has both helped them and hurt them is Yasil Puig. Because and, – and I have Dodger uh, – friends who are Dodger fans – I'm sorry, I don't care what you say, and I know he's young, and I know he's only been in this country for a few months, okay? Yeah, the big league level and what have you. It's Manny Ramirez 2.0. No
1: question about it. We
0: have seen that in this series on multiple occasions, him diving for balls and way off the mark, him overthrowing cutoff men when he's trying to show that he has an arm. We know you have an arm, but do the right thing. And then, this is minuscule, but it could have been... Well, it, it, this was minuscule, but it could have been something more. That shot that hit off the bullpen fence in right field, uh, the bullpen door fence in in right field. He flipped the bat, thinking up, it's gone, home run, and then he had to work his proverbial tail off to leg out a triple. Can't do that. You can't. You can't. Run,
1: listen, home run hitters know yeah. when that ball was gone.
0: He, but he's he's a rookie. He doesn't know when a ball no. is gone. Still, he no. he doesn't. So, no. not at all. It's going to be interesting, and people were were debating. Um, some friends of mine: Do you start Kershaw in Game Six, or do you save him for a potential Game Seven and put Ryu in there, who was who was phenomenal in this postseason? Uh, and that would have been interesting, because you would have had two young guns doing things: uh, Walk and Ryu or Ryu. I can't would have been fun that. to
1: watch. I think for the Dodgers' sake, you have to try to force that Game Seven.
0: You have to, and Kershaw gives you you your best chance, uh, absolutely, no question about that. But then Roger,
1: too, man, he gives you a good opportunity to win that Game 7, especially against Adam Wainwright, who, you know, know, in that one game so far, he didn't look that great, so...
0: This is very true, Uh, and for the sake of argument, if necessary, Game 7 of the uh, National League Championship Series would be played Saturday Mm -hmm. at 8.30 p.m., and Game 7 of the American League Championship Series, if necessary, would be against Parton, Sunday night at 8 o'clock, so... Um, there you go. And the World Series starts midweek next week, and we will be previewing it on the next edition, uh, the next two editions, technically, of <laughs> this fine uh, this fine live radio have show. Here. Yes. Uh, let's. Uh, I just... forgot what the name of it was for a second. Twenty four seven... seven
1: Sports of Radio. Don't yes.
0: you forget it, Williams.
1: Don't you forget? I'm gonna print out a little sign and put it up on your wall.
0: Yeah, put put a tattoo on my forehead. And tattoo. I... Have it, have it like Al Snow where it's, you know, you know God had it on, the, on his forehead. <laughs> Pray it backwards So I look in the mirror in front of me. Ah, oh, that's it.
1: We'll get you the tattoo and then we'll change the name of the show today later. You would, too, you son of a gun. Yeah, it would be pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, sure. It would. Let's keep up with the trend of baseball here and a little bit of news. One of the, uh, you know, probably one of the best pitchers in NLB history uh, since we've been around, Jim. Nolan Ryan. Uh, announcing yesterday that he's retiring effective immediately. Uh, well, excuse me, effective October 31st uh, from the Texas Rangers as their president and, uh, he, and CEO, and he will also be selling his stake in the team. Yes, he is done with baseball.
0: Here's a guy Nolan Ryan, who's now 66 years of age, and what does he have to prove? He took a team, uh, a team that was kind of in some level of uh, uncertainty, and he's took them to the playoffs. Uh, in their only three times in franchise history, uh, or, or rather, uh, let me let me rephrase that. Let me try that again. Before 2008, they'd only been to the playoffs three times in franchise history. They've been there every uh, just as many times since in the uh, the Nolan Ryan era of Rangers uh, ownership and and management and what have you. He's burned out. I think that's that's the big thing. But I'm going to tell you Absolutely. this. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you this. I'm holding out a little bit of hope and maybe you know where we're going to go with this. He's
1: not coming to the Phillies.
0: No, no,
1: no, no. He's not coming out of retirement and pitching. No. Even though Ruben Amaro wants him to.
0: Hi, I'm um, listen, listen, Nolan, I think you'd be a great pitcher here. Um, no, I'm holding out hope for the impossible to happen and that Nolan will take a year or two off and then get back into ownership with a team that really could use his expertise, the Houston Astros. You you can't tell me that wouldn't be a marriage made in heaven. I, you know, I hate
1: to say it, it would either be the Houston Astros or the New York Mets in my mind.
0: I don't see him doing the Mets. I no, don't. I, I
1: don't either because the Wolf aren't going anywhere. But
0: but but I mean, to it would bring his career full circle if he went back to the Astros. Oh, absolutely,
1: there is no question about it. That's like you know, if Roger uh, Clemens wasn't such a schmuck, him going back to you know Boston uh, Red Sox.
0: I think done. I think yeah. he could, he could definitely do a lot with that. Debilitated Houston franchise, he might save that franchise from potential leaving or moving or anything like that. I mean, like we
1: did with the Texas Rangers. So
0: exactly, he brought them up from the gutter.
1: You know, uh, know, that he's he's retiring right after we just had probably about two or three weeks ago, where it was such a, a big story coming out that him and uh, you know general manager John Daniels had such a heated confrontation at uh, at at batting practice. Yeah. You know, that's uh you know, that, would, that was probably the breaking point. You know, what the hell am I doing this for? I don't need to do this.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I've I've done everything I could in one's baseball career. I've got nothing left to prove. Good
1: luck to Nolan. Seven
0: no hitters and I beat the crap out of Robin Ventura. What do you want from me?
1: Yeah, good luck to him. So yeah. we'll see what happens with Nolan. I'm sure it's not gonna be the last time we hear about him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's get into a little basketball here real quick and then we'll get into a hockey recap. Let's talk about Allen Iverson.
0: Talk about practice
1: officially retiring on October 30th. But that's not really where we're going with this. Where we're going with this is, does Allen Iverson make it to the Hall of Fame? Is he Hall of Fame worthy in your mind, Jim?
0: He's worthy to debate, but he's not worthy in my opinion. Mm -hmm. It comes down to, yes, he had several good years in Philadelphia where he took a team on his shoulders and carried them to the NBA Finals. But his acerbic attitude, his mentality, his his random doings, they are going to be the undoing for him to get into the hall. And plus, you have to look at the body of one's career. While he was great, more often than not, here in Philadelphia, what did he do elsewhere? Memphis and Denver, Jack and Squad. And then he really embarrassed himself by I going had, overseas.
1: His career there, so...
0: And then overseas and what have you. It just proves he was not the same player, and he believed his own hype. And you know, just because you have six or seven good years, that doesn't mean you're a hall of famer. I'm sorry, it's got to be the body of your career.
1: Actually, he's. If you look at his stats, he's had around 13 good seasons. Well, out of, out of the. Uh, out of the 17 seasons he's had,
0: I, I, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but that being said, it would not surprise me if years from now, and I mean five, eight, ten years from now, he gets in.
1: Right, we'll see what happens. I, I mean, honestly, you look at Jason Kidd as well, his, his stats almost match up with Allen Iverson's for about 8 to 9 seasons.
0: But reputation is everything and Kidd has a better reputation among uh, basketball players and basketball well,
1: I mean, all. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. To me, I mean, you talk about reputation, then Grant Hill should get in, so, you know, solely on reputation.
0: Yeah, and, and you yeah. mentioned stat-wise, Hill is just a couple hundred points off of some of these other players who are being considered for uh. Yeah, I mean, look,
1: Jason Kidd, so you got to rate him as a as a point guard, as a starting point guard. So right away you look at the assists, you look at the steals. You look at stuff like that. You mainly don't look at points, even though he did put up around 17-plus thousand. But with Grant Hill, there's a lot of things that come into play. You know, he was a small forward. He was a starting small forward. He was compared to Michael Jordan for so many years coming out of Duke. He had devastating injuries that sidelined his career. So we really didn't get to see, you know, you know since 94, 95, up until about 2000, 2001, after that what Grant Hill really could have done in the prime Years of his life, Absolutely. around 28, 29, 30 years old, but yet he came back from those awful injuries to his knees, injuries that a lot of people don't come back from, and mm-hmm. he made himself an effective role player in this league that everybody wanted, mm-hmm. and he and he notched out a, a, a really good position for himself in this league. So
0: and He did, yeah. he did. Yeah. it's interesting to see where things are going to go uh, in the coming years with uh, the future potential Hall of Fame classes.
1: Oh, they got they got a lot of good names to look at. You know what, going back to Grant Hill real quick, after those injuries he had, I never, ever thought at around 2000, you know, you 1999, 2000, that Grant Hill would play 18 seasons in the NBA. Right. You know, and, and it shows you the player, you know, the person that he is by doing it, you know, just oh, yeah. full of class, full of, you know, willpower, and, you know, that's what got him through everything, so – I I would love to see you know, numbers wise he probably he's probably not gonna make it, but I, I would I would love to see Grant Hill in the whole of Fame. I don't think there's many other players as deserving as Grant Hill, so
0: You'll get little argument from me. No. Yeah. You'll get little argument from me. I would put Hill as a better chance of getting in than uh um uh, than Iverson. Definitely. Oh yeah,
1: no question about it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go into a quick, quick Thursday night hockey recap. We had 12 games last night. The Canucks now five and three, knocking off the one seven and one Sabers three to nothing. The Hurricanes three two and three on the season, knocking off the now six and two Maple Leafs three to two.
0: I'm, wa- I'm waiting for the buzzkill. I, I know you're sending up for it. I'm coming
1: for it. I'm leaving that last for you. Thank you. Islanders three two and two in the season, knocking off the one six and one Edmonton Oilers three to two. The Blue Jackets losing three to five to the Montreal Canadiens now five and two to Canadians. The Devils still still having not won a game this season now oh four and three dropping to the Ottawa Senators five to two. The Lightning beating the Minnesota Wild three to one. Lightning now five and two on a season. Bruins 3-2 over uh, Tim Thomas and the Florida Panthers. Uh, Tim Thomas actually played himself a good game here, but the Panthers are now 2-6 and on the season. Bruins 4-2. and The Blues 3-2 in the shootout over the Chicago Blackhawks. The Los Angeles Kings 2-1 over the Nashville Predators in the shootout. The San Jose Sharks 6-0-1 on the season, finally losing a game but in the shootout. Four to three to the Dallas Stars. The Red Wings defeating the Colorado Avalanche. The Avalanche's first loss of the season. Playing very very good hockey under former uh, Avalanche goalie Patrick Waugh. Oh yeah. Four to two last night. So Avalanche are now six and one in the season. In the last game, the Pittsburgh Penguins six and one in the season, dropping to now one and seven. Philadelphia Flyers four to one. Wayne Simmons with the lone goal for your Philadelphia Flyers, Jim.
0: The worst start in franchise history, and this is a franchise that's one of those teams that almost always gets to the playoffs every year. There, you can say whatever you want about oh, you know, we've seen teams with bad starts, and it's this is going to be the worst team in hockey when all is said and done. This franchise has been run right into the freaking ground by Paul Holmgren and by Ed Snyder. There is no way, and the sad thing is, you're still going to get sellouts to the Wells Fargo Center. If you really want to get a message out to ownership and to management, do not go to Flyers games. Simply put, end of story. Do not go to the games. Do not watch the games on TV. That is all the word-of-mouth advertising, and that's all the, you know, complaining you can do. This team has been lost. It's pretty much, here's the first puck drop of the year, and the season is over right then. That's what this has been. It's It's a damn shame. They're a mess. You ain't kidding. And men. by the logic that we have in place, Craig Berube should be fired.
1: Well, I agree.
0: Yeah,
1: I, he should I have been fired, of course. So even if they go on some type of a win streak, I still don't think they're going to have a winning record this season under Craig Berube. But they're just...
0: going to be 20 games, probably south of uh, 15 to 20 games south of 500.
1: Oh yeah, no question about it. Just mm. Mm. good, but you guys are at the bottom yeah. of the now-packed Metropolitan.
0: Started from the bottom, and we're still here.
1: Yes, we are. Well, you know what? That's it for today's show. We want to just announce again on October 30th at 12 p.m. Eastern time right here on 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. That's We're a going...
0: Wednesday, by the way. Yes.
1: Is it a Wednesday? That was a Friday. No. Anyway, it's a, a Wednesday. First... Sorry. So it is a Wednesday. Thank you, Jim, for telling us
0: that. You're welcome. That's a thank, Thanks to uh, Windows 7 and the, my date and calendar. Yeah. Thank
1: you, Windows. All right. So October 30th is a <laughs> Wednesday, 27 Sports Hub Radio. We'll be joined by actor D.B. Sweeney from 8 Man Out, The Cutting Edge, and his newest movie, Underdogs. It's going to be a really fun, fun show. Really excited to have D.B. join us. So for Jim Williams, I'm Jonathan Ragus. We will see you all Monday. Enjoy your weekend.
0: Enjoy that foosball, Baba Mushi.